0: chapter seventeen of overruled by pansy the slippervox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen a crisis mrs estelle bramlett was moving with an air of uncontrollable restlessness about her pretty parlor although it was not the time of day for such employment and she had no duster in hand yet there was an apparent attempt to put things in order She took up and laid down again various books and papers on the reading-table, brushed away with her hand an imaginary fleck of dust, then suddenly turning, began to walk up and down the room, with those restless hands tightly grasped, as if in an effort to control them. Occasionally, although quite alone, she broke into snatches of talk, as though arguing with someone and being responded to in such a manner as to increase her indignation. Then she would recollect herself, and breaking off in the middle of a word, move swiftly over to her mantle, and rearrange the elegant trifles thereon, as though all her thought was centred upon them, only to replace them in a very few seconds as they were before. Clearly the poor lady had been terribly moved." perhaps in reviewing all the days of her not very happy existence she could not have found a harder one than this it was all the harder to endure because in some respects at least her life had been pleasanter of late for several months her husband had seemed less moody and disturbed certainly his monetary troubles whatever had caused them appeared to be over he had proved this in numberless extremely pleasant ways elegant and expensive trifles that she had admired but never expected to possess had been lavished upon her to such an extent that and this constituted a large share of her enjoyment in them she had had something new to show marjorie edmonds nearly every time she called that young woman continued to be the wife's special thorn although there had been improvement there also her husband did not now spend hours alone with marjorie as she had been sure that he did on two or three occasions and as her intense jealousy had caused her to imagine that he did many times when such was not the case he was punctilious now in his determination to have his wife with him whenever he called at the Edmonds' home but he was willing nay anxious to call there whenever the slightest pretext for doing so could be invented and he was not ready to call anywhere else it was rarely indeed that she could prevail upon him to spend an evening with her at her old home he frankly admitted that he considered such evenings hopelessly stupid her sister fanny was always entertaining some special guest in the front parlor and glyde could talk of nothing but her mission scholars or some such invigorating topic when in a fit of indignation she had one day accused him of caring to see nobody but marjorie edmonds he had been equally frank assuring her that marjorie was the only lady of his acquaintance worth talking to so that these were all old grievances and could not account for estelle's miserable day it had begun as she angrily told herself that most of her misery did begin with either hannah bramlett or marjorie edmonds this time it was hannah mrs swanson her swede washerwoman had called upon her that morning on what she believed to be an errand of justice mrs swanson was no gossip as she took pains to explain she had heard a great deal as she went from house to house which as a rule went in at one ear and out at the other but on the day previous she had heard so cruel a story connecting itself with the name of hannah bramlett and had heard it from so many different tongues that she had made up her mind to come with it to mrs bramlett to see if the master as she called the husband could not do something with the talkers the story had been cruel indeed worse than estelle had before imagined being compelled to wait until her husband should return at night before she could do anything definite directly the door had closed upon mrs swanson she had relieved her nerves by seizing her hat and walking with much more rapid steps than usual out to the bramlett farm arriving there warm and almost breathless to find the elder mrs bramlett sitting drearily in a kitchen chair with one corner of her apron doing duty every few minutes to wipe away a tear that would steal down her cheek and hannah dashing about among the dishes in a way that betokened strong excitement what is the matter asked mrs estelle arrested by the tears her mother-in-law rarely made such exhibition where is father bramlett he isn't worse is he he is in bed said his wife shaking her head drearily he is clear tuckered out this morning and no wonder he has had a stroke that i just expect he will never get up from a stroke said mrs estelle startled you don't mean of paralysis no said hannah of tongues that is worse i wish i had had a stroke of something murmured the mother before i let that meddling gossiping mr sharp up to see him i might have known something would come of it oh said mrs estelle she thought she comprehended i don't think i would worry about that for my part i believe it is just as well somebody would have told him sooner or later you can't keep a father in ignorance of his daughter's doings even if it were wise to do so It doesn't happen to be his daughter that is troubling him, said Hannah, with a sort of grim triumph. It is something of vastly more importance, but I suppose you know all about it and have this long time. It is only his father and mother and sister who must be kept in ignorance until they hear things from strangers. Estelle's face was paling under the possibilities that this language suggested. What are you talking about she asked sharply can't you speak plain english when you have anything to say hannah said her mother putting down her apron and speaking in a tone of grave rebuke why do you talk as though you believed it there isn't a word of truth in it not a word i never thought so for a moment what i am worried over is that your father being weak and feeble cannot rise above it and had a sleepless night over it and sleepless nights are dangerous things for a man in his condition estelle in her excitement and in her fear of she knew not what fairly stamped her foot as she said what are you talking about it seems strange that you must wait to have an argument before you tell me what has happened nothing has happened except some more talk said the mother with dignity under her daughter-in-law's disrespect she was overcoming her tears i let mr sharp in last night to see father he was so anxious to have a talk with him and father had been so kind of quiet and lonesome all day i thought it would do him good ralph hasn't been to see him for three days and i knew he was grieving over it and needed heartening up but i made a dreadful mistake what did he do but go to work and tell him a lot of stuff that i suppose you have heard although not a breath of it has come to us but you seem to hear all the stories that are going about ralph running the liquor store at marston place that all the fuss has been made about people have got it around it seems that ralph is at the head of the business and clark and the other man who run it are only hired by him they say he is there every day and two or three times a day and that the lease for the building is signed by him and that the men have to report to him every month and get their wages and he pockets the earnings all stuff the whole of it between eight o'clock last night and this morning i suppose i told father a hundred times that i wondered at him for having the patience to listen to such an out-and-out folly but you see he is feeble a great deal feebler than anybody except me senses and he couldn't get away from it i don't believe he slept an hour all night he would just lie there and think and every once in a while he would give a groan softly like as though he was afraid of disturbing me and say my son a rum seller my one boy that i thought i brought up to hate it and fight against it and vote against it oh god forgive me i must have failed in my duty awfully or such a curse would not have fallen upon me how can i go and meet my maker and tell him that the boy he gave me to take care of for him is getting his living by ruining lives it would have made a stone cry just to hear him mrs bramlett's apron was needed again before her sentence was completed with the last word she retired entirely behind it and cried softly the poor little woman never did anything in a loud fierce way but mrs estelle was angry i should not have cried she burst forth fiercely i should have been indignant i should have ordered a man from the house who talked about my son in that way i never heard anything like it coming into his own home and slandering him vilely before his father and mother and they merely crying over it the man shall be arrested for slander and tried and punished i don't care if he is seventy years old if he were seven hundred it should not save him hannah i should think you at least might have had spirit enough to stand up for your brother and tell that creature what you thought of him it was hannah's opportunity could she be expected to do other than use it oh no she said i believed every word he uttered of course and just as soon as i get the work done i'm going to rush down to ralph's office and tell him he is a disgrace to the family and he ought to be ashamed of himself that is the way to manage gossip don't you know it i understand your insinuations said mrs estelle with great dignity and consider them beneath my notice of course this is a very different matter in your case you provoke the stories by your daily doings while as regards your brother there is not the shadow of a foundation for them to work upon well mother i might as well go home if there is nothing i can do i am sorry father bramlett allowed himself to be disturbed by a false and foolish story one would suppose him to be too old a man to be so easily deceived and not deigning to take further notice of hannah she turned and swept from the room she deceived them both by her sudden calmness she did not deceive herself never in her life had her passionate nature been in such a whirl of excitement was it anger or pain or fear or a mixture of all three was she angry with the repeaters of the story or with the foundation on which it rested what did she fear in regard to her husband not certainly that he was in so many words a rum seller but she did not allow her swiftly flying thoughts to formulate themselves in distinct phrases yet despite her trying to push them aside there came to her reminders of facts which she had not understood her husband's sudden apparent prosperity where before he had been on the eve of disgrace he had brought her one evening with a triumphant smile receipts for every one of those bills about which she had haunted him saying that he presumed she would like to keep them among her treasures he had responded promptly and freely to her calls for money for household or personal expenses he had been lavish of his gifts to a degree that she had never noticed before she had believed him to have speculated with some of his salary and to have apparently failed and then to have met with sudden success but was this the explanation more strange than this experience had been the lately acquired habit of coming home to luncheon or of darting in perhaps at ten or eleven o'clock for something forgotten and explaining that business had detained him in town until that hour what business when she had questioned it had always been matters connected with the firm in which she could have no interest was it certain that she had no interest in them oh she had no fear of course of anything like what those bramlets had allowed that odious old man to pour into their ears but was it possible that he might have permitted himself for a large increase of salary to take the general supervision of the retail liquor store which was so hated in that part of the town perhaps some member of the firm was conducting the business and paying her husband to oversee it for him could this be possible she did not as has been said put the thought into definite form before her she simply pushed its shadow from her and hated it and grew more angry every moment over its bare possibility was estelle bramlett then such a fierce and consistent temperance advocate that she shrank thus from the smell of its contact one must move carefully here and try to do her justice she hated the liquor traffic certainly all respectable people belonging to her world did like her husband she had been brought up among the temperance fanatics then did she hate the distillery well that was different it was wholesale and anyway ralph was but its bookkeeper books had to be kept she would have preferred certainly she would much have preferred that he should be a lawyer for instance but would she have preferred him to keep books at the shoe factory for eight hundred dollars a year rather than for the distillery for fifteen hundred a year no distinctly she would not they could not live on eight hundred a year what was the use of considering it but a retail liquor store set down in their midst a store that her friend mrs Hemingway hated with all her righteous soul a store that mrs gordon potter unhesitatingly called a rum saloon mrs edson declined to call upon the wife of the man employed there because she would not have the wife of a rum seller on her calling list ah all this was distinctly another matter mrs ralph bramlett knew that in the circle in which she chiefly moved to be the wife of a rum seller meant social ostracism to be connected however remotely with the retail liquor trade meant a distinct drop from unquestioned respectability to the ranks of those who were talked about. Mrs. Bramlett could not endure it. Hannah Bramlett had been a sufficiently bitter cup for her to drain. If Ralph had been inveigled into a closer connection with this business, had dared to enter it without consulting her, without even allowing her to know it, she simply would not tolerate it. Nothing should tempt her to do so ralph bramlett should see that even a wife would not endure everything in this mood she went home and in this mood she remained during the long hours of that trying day nay her indignation increased as glyde came in the course of the afternoon frightened and anxious glyde had heard the story heard other forms of it some of them more trying than the first what did estelle think could have started such reports did she think ralph could have said anything to lead people to suppose such an absurdity did she not think he ought at once to be told in order to take measures to have the people understand that there was absolutely no foundation for the stories estelle did not choose to say what she thought beyond the fact that she evidently had occasion to be ashamed of all her relatives since they were so ready to listen to lies she hurried glide away more disturbed than when she came in told her to rush over to her dear friend marjorie and publish all the gossip she had heard against her brother-in-law and be sure to let that immaculate mr maxwell hear every word in this mood growing stronger with its nursing she met her husband when he came home late and tired and harassed by a burden that he was carrying quite alone. End of chapter 17.